Hello, folks, and welcome to the seventh round of three and three of finishing out or going through the Sword True series by Terry Goodkind. And we are on, as the episode title mentions here, book seven, The Pillars of Creation. Now, this is our seventh time going through this. And as I kind of mentioned at the end of book six, Faith of the Fallen, which, like I said, was and is still probably my favorite of the whole series of all 11 of the main line, which led into book seven, which is my least favorite of the whole series by far. And after trying to, you know, go through here and be kind, I guess you could say, about my thoughts about it, it didn't change anything. There is very little change on my mind of what how some people might think this one is one if this is someone's favorite i don't know how or why they think that way and i hope that they could try to explain it to me but we'll have to wait and see here so book seven pillars of creation and also with that idea of a change it's gonna be three good things because there are very few good things and then there's one main negative thing and i'm probably going to talk about that more in all honesty than all the rest here so the format will change just a little bit. Now, if you also listen close, I will apologize. It is my dog's fourth birthday. So she is in the room with me being kind of a pain right now as she's chewing on different things. So apologies there. Now, starting off, as I mentioned, we're going to actually go with the three good things. And then we're going to talk about the negative thing to finish everything off here and kind of break the script, which since I'm coming up with this on my own is okay. We also plan on as a full podcast of meeting in the next couple, in the next week or so here to try to figure out our next plans on where we'll go with hopefully getting more episodes out to everyone. So things are changing. That's the hope at least here. Anyway, first good thing. In Pillars of Creation, we're introduced to a new character named Jensen. And she is a young woman. She's been living with her mother. They've been on the run for many, many years trying to escape the huntsman if you will of the lord rawl who is out to kill them because it turns out that jensen is a product of the rape of her mother that led to her being born from lord rawl now we do end up finding out that it's not richard obviously because they're actually pretty close in age it is from dark and rawl from who richard has already killed but they don't know that he is dead at this point so they think he's still out to get them and it goes along and she ends up finding out eventually that nope he is now dead it's now a new one even though it's a new one he's still being hunted she's talked to by a man named sebastian who has helped save her from lord Rawl's man we later find out no it's actually not lord Rawl's man it's the imperial orders and she is definitely someone who's been isolated from things for so long that it has changed how well her vision on what is actually real in the world is and we go through this journey with her of how she has to learn more about the different things that have kept her and her mother on the run for so long and she starts she's very naive and that's one of the big things that's played upon here is we end up finding out that she is what is called a pillars of creation and these are the ungifted children of the raw bloodline so instead of just being like a normal person who has no um magic ability either additive or subtractive the ungifted raw children actually cannot be affected by any form of magic whatsoever and at one point it actually gets where 
Um, a Mord Sith tries to use an Aegeal on her. Nothing happens. Uh, she stands in front of Wizard's Fire, and nothing happens to her there either. So these are a very valuable weapon for the Imperial Order, which is why Jigang has sent out trying to find her. And he actually even meets with her and starts explaining, kind of explains some of these things about how this new Lord Rawl is evil. He still sent people to kill you. Look at what happened resulting in the death of your mother. And she's kind of blinded by this for so long until the very end where it ends up being that Richard is able to point out some sense that, yeah, no, it wasn't me. The Imperial Order lied to you. And she is able to figure out, yes, the Imperial Order did lie. They knew who she was and they planned the death of her mother and all this stuff as well. So she's going to have a bit of a bit of baggage, to say the least, after all these different things have happened to her now. And like I said, even though, as a book as a whole, not a fan, Jensen is a pretty fun character that was added in. And then there's a second new character who gets added in. Now my second favorite thing in the book. And his name is Tom. Now Tom is a member of Lord Rawls' forces. And when we first meet him, he's just kind of this humble salesman. He's working with his brothers. And I put brothers in quotation marks, even though this is a audio podcast and not a visual one. And he kind of always pops up wherever Jensen is and pops around all the time. And it's really strange about why is this weird... Um, weird salesman everywhere that she goes. This weird merchant, what's he doing? And then he also leaves his brothers a little bit. And we come to find out that he's not just a merchant. He is actually a member of the Rawl family secret, almost like a secret agent, that he goes around and he's on these different missions that are to help Dahara and do the best that he can. And it's funny because when he ends up actually meeting Richard, Richard kind of, and Richard kind of looks at him and goes, I have no idea who you are, because Richard is still pretty new at being a Lord Rawl. He hasn't figured out all the different things that happen, and no one has seen fit to tell him everything, which I find kind of weird that, you know, you have this secret service of Tom, his brothers, and probably quite a few more who are out there, but no one saw fit to tell him, hey, you've got spies that, you know, they do a pretty good job, and they're very skilled in what they do. You might want to use them. And instead of explaining that what they do... Kara, his one of the Mord's protectors, she kind of goes, yep, I can vote for him. He's real. So she knew all this, but didn't think to just tell him at any other point of time. And I get, you know, they have a lot going on and there's a lot of things that easily get forgotten. But I really feel like that that probably would have been a big thing. You might want to let them know that you have these spies who are really skilled at hiding who they are and do a great job of it. But Tom, he's this pretty friendly character and he even makes comments about, well, you know, if I was doing my job, there was no chance you could have hurt Richard at all, and he proves his skills and that sort of thing. And as it goes forward, him and Jensen have some great moments together, and I like the two of them in that pairing. So that was a nice, out of it, those were the two new things that I like that came out of this book. The third and final good thing here comes from two of my favorite characters still, Zed and Addy. At one point, Jensen is now, I want to say that they're in Arendelle, and not Arendelle from Frozen, sorry. Anyway, um, Addy and Zed, they are now in, I want to say they're in the Confessor's Palace, or not the Wizard's Keep, but the Confessor's Palace, and they have now used some magic that makes it look like they are Richard and Caelan. And Gang and his forces, they have now invaded the palace, and they're 
going on this goose chase of, oh, there's Lord Raul. There's the Mother Confessor. Get him. And they're using all these abilities to try to kill who they think is Lord Raul and the Mother Confessor. When in truth, it's Zed and Addy just using magic to disguise their appearance. And Jensen, as a pillar of creation, can see through this and says, what are you all talking about? And no one wants to believe her at first. And then they find out, okay, this is this magic ability. She is telling the truth. These are not who we're after. And during these different traps of things, Zed at one point tries to use Wizard's Fire to kill Jigang. Um, Jensen at the time still thinks he, Jigang, is on the right. So she actually steps in front of it and stops Wizard's Fire from hitting him. She starts to get overconfident about how no magic can hurt her. In that sense, the Wizard's Fire didn't hurt her. But Addie ends up going with a different side of thing as she realizes that magic isn't hurting her, and she actually starts using just rubble to hit her and knock her over because the rubble isn't magic. The magic that's being used to hit her, that is, and that wouldn't affect her, but the physical things that are around her would. And it throws them off well enough that Addie and Zed are able to escape, and they are able to seriously wound Jiang, but not fully kill him because Jensen saved his life. But I really liked the trap that those two kind of set up of, nope, we're here. If only for Jensen, they would have had that chance to defeat him right there. But mistakes were made, and now she's back on the side of following with Richard and them. Okay. Now, without further ado, the reason why I dislike this book so strongly, and this covered basically one, two, three, and probably four and keep going on why I was not a fan of this book. And anyone who's read it or read the series probably would know what I'm going to say here. And it is the fact that it is a full-on main character shift. And what I mean there, in the previous books, we followed Richard, we'd followed Kaylin, we followed Zed, we followed Addie, and, that, and uh, Verna and Warren occasionally. And that's about it, okay? And they've been pretty evenly spaced, and there's never a time really where they're totally cut off from the story. I mean, when there's a Richard chapter and then a Kaelin chapter in um, Faith of the Fallen, that was fine. It made sense to me why they did those sort of things, because they were split up. Now, in Pillars of Creation, we follow only two characters for a majority of the book. We f Or three, sorry. We follow Jensen, another one of uh, the Pillars of Creation, if you will, Oba, and we follow Frederick, who is a widower of someone who we also meet in this book and we follow them throughout almost the whole book so now richard kaylin and all the people we've come to know and love over these past six books they are sidelined entirely there are so many other stories that they could have been doing that we decided to go branch off and look at a completely different thing not even on the map of what they had been doing for example before i started this podcast your spot i went and i looked at the page numbers the first time where Richard physically appears is in my copy in chap in or on page 497. The end of the book is 557 pages. So that means your main character, your main protagonist for six books has only been in this one for 60 pages. Only 60. And that was absolutely baffling to me of how... Uh, good kind set up the last book again my favorite did so well with the characters and balancing them out and all those things he set it up and after soul of the fire you know it kind of reset things and made it better and then did this where he took those characters 
and he pushed them off to the sideline until the last 60 pages. And now that's not even counting in those last 60 pages that there are still Jensen chapters where Richard is still not there again. So again, your main character has been removed so many times that it got a bit ridiculous to me because there were so many moments that could have been more elaborated on. For example, how did Zed and Addie start setting up this trap for Jagang in the in the Confessor's Palace? How did they have this set up? What have those two been doing? Of how did, And how did they save most of the people of the city from being there? Continuing on. In this same thought, the... They leave a threat for it or Jagang there. That's the head of one of the monks who he followed for so long, Brother Nerf. And how did that head get there so quickly? How did that head from where Richard was at the end of book um, six down on the old road, how did that beat Jagang to the Confessor's Palace? Unless they used the sliff, but if they didn't use the sliff, why would they not still be there? Why would they have gone there, then gone back? What happened to Richard, Kayla, and Kara when they were in the old world? What have they been doing? Where did Nikki go now that she is now back on the side of good? She's kind of done some other things. There's some allusions to stuff that Kara wasn't supposed to touch, but she touched it. What happened to that story? There were so many things that I feel like this took away from by having this character shift. It just hurt these the books for me. And we're going to find out in book eight here, too, this was kind of a bit of a two-book little drop-off for me, that a lot of things just didn't really matter anymore. Almost like it was changing how he'd done, or changing the styles to just suit trying to continue on. It almost seemed like, at this point for me, and I know people have mentioned it in the four, this is where things started to repeat themselves too much, like why were certain things done just because they had to happen because good kind needed them done and that i think is part of why i look back on this one with such anger is it kind of ruined the moments and i know some people out there are like hey you know things can do a great change where they change protagonists that's fine that is but i feel like the balance of this was just so far off i almost felt like we could have done Yes, the book could have been bigger in the sense, but we could have done half of the book cutting parts of Jensen stuff, and then at the same time, a different half of it having what was going on with Richard and Kaylin. So then when this inevitable meetup at the end happened, it would have had a bit more impact than, all right, we're following Jensen. This is what's happening to her. We're following Oba. This is what's happening to him. And this is where we're at. And part of that same idea, when we're following only one certain set of characters, we don't get to see the mindset of what's going on. For example, I one of the things I've always, or I brought up quite a few times on here is what I don't like about Richard is, as a war wizard, war, bleh, war wizard, sorry, he is always able to have a solution to everything. It's never explained. It's just his gift and his passion. That's how he can do the things. At one point, we're with Jensen, and she's watching from above as Richard, the actual Richard now, is charging after a group of Jagang's men who are currently blocking a... Canyon, as Richard's trying to save Kaylin, and she's watching from the distance, and Richard uses his gift somehow. We don't know what he's... Well, he's obviously feeling angry. We don't know more about what he's feeling, how he does it, but he absolutely wipes out these 50 men with just almost a glance, pretty much, and just pushes them all aside, kills them all, and that's it. And imagine if we had been able to know what was Richard's side of this as we're going forward. I mean, maybe it's because Goodkind wanted us to see from 
an outsider's perspective how terrifying Richard is, but excuse me, when we've been following Richard for so long, I personally felt like we should have stayed with him for moments, more moments than what we were given during this book. Now, at the end of this little rant here, okay, yeah, that, like I said, it, it was hard on this one, trying to find some good things, and I did. Those three things are pretty solid, and I do like those new character additions, and Jensen is pretty fun going forward, and had Good Kind not actually passed away, I feel like there were some other things he would have been doing with Jensen and Tom, and Tom in future books and installments if he wanted to, and he kind of did in Law of Nines a little bit, but I felt like he left himself a lot of opportunity for those characters, but we will never get to see those moments. Hopefully, we'll return next week with Book 8, The Naked Empire. Again, another one of those ones that, again, not one of the favorites, but still part of the story. So, wherever you're at, I hope that you have a good and safe day. And hope to hear some of your feedback on our Facebook, Twitter, or those different spots where you can reach us. Thanks.